We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The 1991 Buzzbeat, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. This is Richie, and yesterday the Hornets had their media day, and I feel like media day officially signals the new season, and things are only going to start to pick up from here. It's a time where teams around the NBA are either cautiously optimistic or overly optimistic uh, because every team starts off with a clean slate, Hornets 0-0, and uh, obviously there's some things that happened this offseason that were far from optimistic, more on the pessimistic side, but you got to keep the spirits up uh, during media day. So Charlotte's first of their five preseason games is this Sunday, October 2nd, versus the Celtics. There is a strong chance, depending on... I guess if it's televised, I know it's televised on NBA TV, but sometimes with the blackout situation and and finding other ways to watch the game, uh, we will try to do a post-game podcast for the first preseason game against the Celtics. Like I said, depending on the availability of that game. On today's episode, it's going to be like a mini pod here. Just going to react to some of the more notable quotes, talking points, and sound bites from Media Day yesterday. As we're getting into this, as always, we would love for you guys to go to Apple Podcast, spend one minute of your day to give us a five-star rating and review. Uh, that helps us out tremendously. And if you would like to look into BuzzBeat Plus, uh, we just did a giveaway and was able to give someone three months free of BuzzBeat Plus. But uh, if you wanted to look into it, uh, there is a link in the episode notes of this specific episode. Just click on that. I think you can even get a seven-day free trial uh, if you would like to do that as well. So let's go ahead and jump into this. And I'm just going to kind of bracket this off by player, by coach, and go talking point by talking point. 
First off, I think it makes sense to start with Steve Clifford, new head coach, I guess if you want to call it that. And one thing that he did talk about uh, was Gordon Hayward and the plan for him. He's had a terrific offseason, and I think that um, – you know he's you know he's done a lot of work. Uh, you know Joe Sharp obviously is monitors everything he does very closely, and I think that it sounds to me like Gordon's in a really good place. Um, but we've already met with him uh, once on that. Joe's spoken with him again, and we'll have a plan. I mean, you know he's he's such a I mean he's a terrific player and such an important player for us, and for sure there will be a plan where he's going to, you know, rest as needed. So we've mentioned this before in terms of making sure that Hayward is healthy, not necessarily for 82 games, because that just doesn't seem like a realistic plan, but definitely healthy for the end of the season. Now, some of his injuries have been freak injuries, so it's, it's not something that you can predict. It can happen game five. It can happen game 25. It can happen right before the playoffs. And Hayward has missed the last couple of months of the season uh, because of injuries. And his body obviously is wearing down. The mileage is adding up. He's one of the older players on the team. And I think all signs point to there's being some kind of like load management with Hayward, you know, not playing on back to backs as much. Uh, trying to ease him in, maybe not play him as much. And I think that's just the way to go. I mean, I think if you're going to want to get the most out of Hayward, because Hayward is a very productive player. He's a very impactful player when he is out there on the court. I, I think a lot of people, I wouldn't say deny that, but they kind of brush that under the rug and they only focus on the injury history, which obviously is something that's very real and something that's very frustrating uh, when you watch this guy play and, and getting paid that that amount of money. But I think if you want to get the most out of Hayward, you want to make sure if he's playing 55 to 60 games, it's not 55 to 60 straight games and then missing the last part of the season because of injury. It would rather be 55 to 60 games and it be spread out throughout the course of the season and have him playing his best basketball towards the end of the season, you know, or at least, you know, still being level with the way that he started the season and just not completely out of the rotation because he can't be out there on the court. So, I mean, I think this goes without saying he cannot impact the team and winning if he's not out there. So I do like this. I, I do like the fact that they're going into the season after having two seasons end very, very similarly with a plan or a supposed plan. Now, again, if he gets injured in game 20, even though they've been doing this, the resting, it's it's out the window at that point. But I do think that at least going into the season, knowing, hey, let's not play him on back-to-backs as much. If there's two games and three nights, maybe we maybe we rest him here. It's obviously going to be a very tricky task to do, but uh, I think it's the right move. Steve Clifford also talked about LaMelo Ball and just praising him in, in terms of what he means for this team. And he said he's been a very efficient player throughout the course of his career, which for the most part he has. Uh, I think the one thing that he did note, and it's something that we've mentioned before on this podcast, 
is talking about LaMelo Ball and his aggressiveness in trying to draw fouls. Be honest, if he could attempt three more free throws a game, it's a game changer for him and, and for our team. Um, I know there's things that he wants to concentrate on. That he'll talk about being a better organizer. Um, that, you know, that can be part of it too. But if you want to look at his, like, say, offensive efficiency, the only place he's not efficient is close to the basket. He's a good range shooter. His pull-up numbers are not extraordinary, but they're good. They're good enough to win. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot for a guy who has such a large usage. Um, so there are things like that that we've talked about, but I think that if you want to pick one thing, he could get to the free throw line more, and, and it, would be, uh, it would be, you know, a game changer. I will say that during his rookie season, he got to the realm a little bit more frequently than he did uh, this past season. And you can see that in the, you know, the foul percentage in terms of how many attempts or I guess the percentage of attempts that he was fouled on uh, last season, it was only 7% of his shot attempts that he was fouled on, which is 44 percentile, which is, which is not great for a player that actually shoots the ball fairly well from the free throw line. It's not like, Mason Plumley, we're talking about where we're trying to avoid the free throw line with him. And I think with LaMelo Ball, he has a couple things going for him. Clifford mentioned that he is obviously an organizer on the offensive end. He can pass the ball, elite passer uh, on the NBA level. And he's gotten better from behind the arc in just terms of uh, pull-up range and you know coming off picks and, and having you know deep range on that. I think one thing that, you know, I don't think Clifford mentioned this, but his mid-range shot also needs to improve. He doesn't have a a steady presence in the mid-range. And I think a lot of it is predicated on him just trying to hit floaters from 15 feet. And that's okay. Like I think that that's if that's if that's his mid-range game as of now, that's fine. But then to Clifford's point, he's got to find something inside the arc, and maybe that is heading towards the rim. And so he's got to bump up the frequency in which he attacks the rim a little bit more and picking his spots. Uh, but he's also got to get better at finishing around the rim. 50, 55% just isn't going to do it. And he's, you know, he's six seven, six eight. Like he can he can definitely finish and get stronger around the rim. He does have some finesse too. So I think maybe he relies a little bit too much on that uh, but getting stronger is going to help him not only in the mid-range but also getting all the way to the rim and finishing and not being afraid of contact we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Another player that he mentions is P.J. Washington. I mentioned last season he was my swing piece player. I think you could make the argument that P.J. Washington is also a swing piece player uh, for this upcoming season. You know, a legitimate playoff team, he's going to be on the floor, whatever, 20, 30 minutes to me, and he's going to be a big part of it. He can play well at both ends of the floor. Um, you know, he, lead, he, he gives you uh, roster versatility, you know, because he can play the four or the five. And he can also, he can defend other, you know, different perimeter players. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a talented player, and I think he finished the season on a good note, and he's had a good summer. Yeah, P.J. Washington, uh, I think the versatility is the first thing that you point to when you think about this guy as a player. Yes, he plays a lot of his minutes at the five, uh, but I think going into this season, I would hope that a chunk of his minutes, a good chunk of his minutes comes from the four. But defensively, I, I think that's that's where you're going to see the most bang for your buck with PJ in terms of the different positions that he can guard. I would say that he can guard one to four comfortably uh, in fives on occasion, depending on who that five is. Now, he's not going to be a point of attack defender primarily being that type of guy, but if he switched out onto a point guard in eight seconds or less on the shot clock, I fully trust him to move his feet, slide, contest, and do all the things that he needs to on that end of the court. He's another player like LaMelo Ball that does need to finish better around the rim. It's funny to think that him and LaMelo are basically the same height, uh, but P.J. Washington has has got the strength of a big, and he's got to use it to his advantage and not shying away from contact like LaMelo. So with LaMelo, there's a little bit more of, I don't know, excuse is the right word, but there's a little bit more of a reason. P.J. Washington as a big, as a six seven six eight big, he's got to go down there and finish and not let that be a mental block for him. I'm expecting big things out of P.J. Washington this year, pick and pop type of guy that is going to, you know, butter his bread from behind the arc. I do think that when he is in the game, he makes the right plays. He's a ball mover, not a ball stopper. He can swing the ball from one end of the court to the next. He could be used as a like a hub at the high post, uh, dribble handoff game, stuff like that. So uh, expecting more things out of him. But as always, we've always kind of pointed to his shooting accuracy around the rim, which just hasn't been the greatest. And uh, if there's something that you could add on the offensive end, I think I think that would be it. Clifford also mentioned, uh, speaking of getting to the rim, uh, paint touches. The Hornets last year were very good, not only at pace, but also paint touches. And he says that for this team to be successful again, they're going to have to be able to do that. And I think collapsing the defense by getting into the paint and kicking out to shooters is one way that this team is going to I wouldn't say overcome the absence of Miles Bridges, but at least find little things here and there. So they got they got to continue uh, to do that and work There's on those paint so touches. There's so much good here. So offensively, 
you know, second in transition points, and that's great. Um, and we're going to run. This roster was built to run. The running part is good, um, and it fits our group. The bigger part is ball hitting the paint. You know, pace isn't even indicative many years of good offense. There's a lot of years where the better fast-breaking teams aren't even top 10 in offense. The teams that hit the paint are always top 10 in offense. Well, we're third in the ball hitting the paint. That's not easy. Yes, yeah, so that's a good point uh, by Clifford. Anytime you can get into the paint, whether that's in the half court or whether that's in transition, it only is going to do wonders for this team. And I think for a team that is predicated on pushing the pace, what he's saying is like, that's fine. Like, you know, the Hornets obviously were a team that frequented transition plays off of steals, off of defensive rebounds and trying to get points on those types of possessions. But I do think that they improved in the half court as well. Uh, Obviously they're not like a top five, top 10 team when it comes to the half court, but uh, for them to be successful in the half court is making sure that they can put pressure not only on the paint, but on the rim. So it keeps going back to LaMelo. It goes back to P.J. Washington. goes back to these players that are you know, trying to get into the teeth of defense, driving, spreading the ball, uh, making sure that there's a lot of room for drivers and cutters to get into the paint, and then kicking it out to shooters uh, for open shots. So I, I think the Hornets are going to have to find ways on the margins, especially with Bridges out of the pitcher. Uh, to make sure that they can uh, be successful on that end of the court because I know that Clifford is is very much trying to keep the offensive proficiency fairly similar while trying to be more balanced on the defensive side uh, of the court. And so the last clip that I want to play for you guys, which I thought was very interesting, uh, Clifford mentioned uh, the big rotation and how that would play out uh, to start the season. You know, and again, I'm not, not the... Sh- it's going to play out in the next two or three. You know, Mason will start. Um, if we had to play tonight, Nick Richards would be the backup. He's had a great summer. And uh, from summer league to now, he has made more improvement than everybody. Mark Williams has got a chance to be a terrific player. And I think summer league was great for him. You know, um, I think that he got a glimpse of, whoa, like this is a lot harder you know, in that summer league. So, uh, you know, I think all of those guys, they're going to get their chances. So I thought that was very interesting about the big rotation. I think everyone knew that Plumlee was penciled in as the starter. Nick Richards received a ton of praise from Clifford just there. If the season started tomorrow, Richards would be the backup, backup big, backup center. And I I will say this, like I think for the long-term future, obviously Mark Williams is a player that you're going to want to see plenty of minutes from from the center position, and especially for a team that uh, is, is not necessarily going to be competing for a playoff spot. Uh, you want to see what you can get out of Williams, but you do want to ease him into that role. I will say Nick Richards, you know, he's obviously a young player too, 24 years old. One thing that's underrated about Richards, he's not necessarily a lob threat by any means, but I do think that he is very underrated as a pick and roll big in terms of uh, creating space on the screen, but also being an impact player, getting into the paint, uh, not necessarily catching lobs per se, but catching the pass off of the roll, scoring off of that, 
just being an impact player there. So I don't necessarily think that he's the center of the future, but Clifford obviously values players that can come in and play right away defensively. Like he's, I mean, he's not versatile by any means, but he's going to be, I would say, a net positive on that end, and he can rebound the ball too. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how the center rotation plays out. There's a lot of young players, and even Kai Jones. Like he didn't, I mean, he mentioned him later on and he, how he views him more of a five than a four, which I think if you watch Summer League, you could probably have the same conclusion as as he does. But I would love to see what's going to happen when or if Plumlee's minutes start to decrease Will Clifford turn to Richards, or will they turn to the first-round pick in Mark Williams? It's it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's going to depend a lot on, I guess, the success of the team overall. All right, these last couple of clips that I'm going to play here are from the players. Uh, P.J. Washington spoke to the media, and he talked about you know, hanging his hat on defense, says that was a, a focal point for him this offseason. I mentioned that how how versatile he is in terms of all the different positions that he can guard. P.J. Washington also mentions that he's trying to get in better shape. He's down about 10 to 15 pounds because of his diet, and uh, he jokingly admits to eating more veggies. I'm eating vegetables now and all types of stuff, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, last year I played at like, around like 242, 244, and right now I'm 230. So, yeah, I'm in great shape. Uh, my body's feeling good, and I'm ready to go. So he's down to about 230. Uh, I think that's going to help him with his mobility. It's going to help him with his stamina, being out on the court uh, a little bit longer, uh, allowing him to play multiple positions, allowing him to guard multiple positions. We saw when he came into the season last year, it felt like he had to uh, work on that a little bit more, and he didn't really catch his stamina and get into game shape a little bit later. Uh, we, we mentioned that early in the season, just how... I don't know if out of shape was the right word, but just how exhausted and how tired he got uh, in terms of, you know, being able to be a little bit more mobile. I think obviously losing losing weight might play with his strength a little bit in terms of um, guarding some of the bigger centers in the league. And I've always mentioned that that's something that he's going to struggle with regardless. So maybe losing those 10 pounds will actually uh, allow him to be slotted into that, that four position a little bit more. And I think, you know, playing the five position is something that is going to be situational and also maybe towards the end of the game where uh, you can be a little bit smaller um, as long as the team is rebounding the ball and playing defense. I I see no reason why P.J. Washington can't play five uh, in specific situations. And we saw plenty of data to back this up uh, with him at the five. Uh, Gordon Hayward mentions that uh, Clifford... Uh, he can tell that he just loves the game of basketball. He eats, sleeps, breathes basketball. Uh, he knows that Steve is going to try to get the best out of his players, try to improve the team. He got the sense from playing against his teams of the past. He got that sense, you know, getting to to know Clifford this this summer and having conversations with him. He also mentions the load management term, and that goes back to what Clifford said earlier. He trusts the training staff. They collectively will have a game plan ready. He says he tunes out the talk and the criticism about his injuries, and he really just wants to help win games, and that's only going to be possible if he's out there on the court, which he fully admits. 
And he says that he's going to continue to play with the chip on his shoulder and that his health has prevented him from playing up to, you know, closer to his prime. And and he realizes that, you know, if he's not out on the court, he's not going to be impactful. Uh, And the last clip from Hayward here is a clip about defense and about how this team as a whole is only going to go as far as their defense takes them. It'll be better on the defensive end we got to be more consistent i think i said it last year too and probably the year before but um you know i think our offense we've got a lot of guys that can score the basketball in a lot of different ways um but when you look at the teams that are in the playoffs they're good on both sides of the ball and we had our we had our moments last year for sure um but we just got to be more consistent on that end of the floor and i think give more effort a little bit on that end of the floor but just focus on it um because, like I said, the best teams do both. And so uh, I know Coach Cliff is, is, is big on that end of the floor, too. So we're going to work and, and hopefully be ready. And I think with the rehiring of Steve Clifford, that obviously is the directive from the front office is to make sure that the offense stays about where it needs to be, but also to shore up the defensive side of the court. Uh, that was definitely a struggle when Borrego was the coach. It just seemed like there wasn't much of a consistent plan on that end. Uh, they played zone a lot. They switched a lot. Uh, they played base defense. They, it just didn't seem like um, it, it might be with personnel. Like Borrego was just trying to throw anything at the wall and, and see if it sticks. But I think with Clifford, a known commodity on the defensive side of the court, he's going to try to get the most out of these players. And I think extracting effort, like Hayward was mentioning, I think that's half the battle and getting the players, the young players to buy in that uh, there needs to be some, some defense and uh, some energy expended on that end of the court. Uh, LaMelo ball is a player that like off ball situation, like he's very good defensively. He can shoot the gaps and, and get steals and intercept it and go the opposite way. But I think Clifford's going to be someone that could work well with him and in terms of uh, using his frame and his six, eight length and, being a better point of attack defender, better navigator of screens, but also using the team defense to better maybe hide some of the deficiencies from Ball or other players on the court. Speaking of Ball, he mentioned that he went out to California to see his family uh, a couple times, but most of his time was spent here in Charlotte working out, and that seems to be the general consensus among the coaching staff. They've all backed that up, uh, trying to get better at almost anything and everything. Uh, He also mentions that he needs to be more aggressive in getting to the rim and picking his spots to draw those fouls. So that's something that Clifford is obviously highlighting for him and the coaching staff are going to be working on that. So hopefully uh, LaMelo Ball improves that aspect of his game. And I think if he's going to be a three-point shooter and a distributor, that's great. But if he doesn't have a game inside the arc, obviously his effectiveness is is going to dwindle. So I I think he either needs to have a pull-up mid-range game outside of the floater or, as Clifford seems to be stressing, is getting all the way to the rim and finishing or drawing fouls. And I guess one final thing to kind of mention that a lot of questions seem to come up about was the Miles Bridges situation. Not only filling in for him as a player, but also the legal issue Some players were more equipped to answer this question. Clifford was very diplomatic about it, and he said because it's a legal issue, he was told not to speak on it, and I guess that's probably the best way to handle this type of question. 
Uh, PJ Washington said that he reached out to check on him, but didn't go too much into detail. He kept it short and sweet there. Hayward mentions, uh, you know, Bridges the player more so and how hard it is to replace him, uh, but made no mention of the legal status. Now, LaMelo Ball, uh, he did have a response to this question. And of the players that were asked about Miles Bridges, I guess LaMelo Ball came off the strongest in terms of um, speaking about bringing him back. And I guess I'll let you guys listen to this and tell me what you guys think. Definitely miss him, you know, talking to him day and day, just seeing what it is. But other than that, I haven't really heard too much or anything. I'm, I'm hoping we get him. So not really trying to throw in the negative energy, just keep it positive. Read into that as, as what you may. I think he kept it short, but that's typically his nature with some of his responses. And he mentioned about, you know, not trying to add negative energy, but the whole situation is negative, right? I mean, I think if you look at the facts of the case and um, the likely direction of where this is going, um, it's hard not to be negative, but I understand what he's trying to get at, like try to stay positive about the situation. But I think it probably would have been best if Ball just kept it to no comment or basically said what Clifford said and say that this is a legal matter and really don't want to comment comment on it right now. So that seemed to be a major talking point. A lot of people were asking about Miles Bridges, uh, the player, but also asking about if there's any hope in getting him back with the legal issue that is taking place right now. So we will end on this last comment by Terry Rozier. He was asked about... He was asked about the playoffs and how he's fueled by missing out on the playoffs the past couple of years and if it is going to be playoffs or bust this season. And this was his response. We got to wait and see. We got to wait and see. I know we, we, we are tired of going in, into that game we, we played in the last two years. I know we all tired of that. So I can sit up here and say how, how bad it's a bust or be the playoffs or not, but it's a matter of actually doing it. Yeah, so the players seem to be a little bit more, I guess, cautiously optimistic about the season. I think, you know, anytime you go into a new season, there's going to be a clean slate. There's going to be positive. There's going to be things that players worked on over the, you know, the summer. And um, there's always a little bit of a glimmer of hope. I think Terry Rozier, as a veteran, knows that, it really can't be playoff or bust because if that's the mentality going into it, it's going to be a bust uh, more likely than not. So I think they just got to go in uh, to this season with the right mindset, uh, knowing that there's no pressure on this team to, to do anything other than just improve over the course of the season. And I think as fans, some might be frustrated by the end results and the record but I think that's probably why it's most important to play some of these young players because you want to see what you can get out of these guys moving forward. I think by playing a player like Book Knight and P.J. Washington and Mark Williams and players like that, you have a little bit more of excitement moving forward because the frustrations are going to come uh, when the losses come. So Gordon Hayward and Rozier and Plumley and Ubre, some of the players that have been in the league uh, for a little bit longer, you know what you're going to get out of these guys. And I think Clifford, as a coach, he's always been a guy that 
gets the most out of everyone, but also is a guy that's not going to, I guess, attack the season with the mindset of, you know, not trying to win. And I know that's every coach's motivation, but I think that, I think there's still a player development side to Clifford, uh, but he is going to be hard on his players and try to get the best out of them. So I think the expectation uh, from Terry Rozier is perfectly said until it happens. Can't really talk too much about the playoffs because the past two seasons have ended way too similarly for this team and uh, they have not proven anything yet. So I'm going to end on that. Uh, If you guys have any other reactions, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at BuzzBeatPod. Give the Twitter a follow. Give me a follow at Richie Randall. And like I said, there's a preseason game coming up on Sunday. If it's available to watch, uh, there's a very strong chance that there's going to be a post-game pod. So I will check you guys later, and thanks for the continued support. Have a good day.